Boundless Authenticity Podcast, where we discuss everything related to the evolution of human consciousness. Thanks for tuning in to the Boundless Authenticity Podcast. Today, my guest is Tisha Morris, the best-selling author of Clutter Intervention, How Your Stuff is Keeping You Stuck, Decorating with the Five Elements of Feng Shui, Mind Body Home, Transform Your Life One Room at a Time, and Feng Shui Your Life, The Quick Guide to Decluttering Your Home and Renewing Your Life. Today, we are going to discuss Tisha's latest creation, Missing Element, Hidden Strength. If you head over to TishaMorris.com, you will see a pop-up and it is simply asking one question, what is your element? From there, you can take a quiz to discover your primary element and your missing element, and you will receive an instant download of your five elements profile and your elements description in work and relationships. That's pretty cool stuff. And you know what? I hope this episode helps a lot of people who are looking for different ways that they can improve their overall energy and get to understand themselves a little bit better on a deeper level. I went on and I did the quiz and my results were 29% metal, 26% water, 24% wood, 13% earth, 8% fire. The entire episode is hilarious because Tisha, from the time she saw me, she was like, oh, you're a water element. <laughs> she totally nailed it. It was fantastic to talk with her. And I hope that you really, really do enjoy and get a lot from this episode. Let's dive into the chat now. So how's it going, Tisha? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's really great to have you on the show. Uh, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So go ahead and tell everybody who you are and what you do. All right. I'm Tisha Morris and I am probably the only feng shui lawyer you'll, you'll ever meet. I <laughs> am um, a practicing feng shui practitioner oops, and also an entertainment attorney. Um, so uh, I live in just outside of Los Angeles in beautiful Ojai, California, originally from Nashville, Tennessee. And so um, from Nashville to LA, um, I've had a lot of career changes and um, between feng shui and law and uh, this book, Missing Element, Hidden Strength, is a good compilation of, of all of my careers um, put into one and how, and how now we as creative entrepreneurs can kind of up-level our creative potential. Mm, that's amazing. Nashville changed my life. <laughs> and that's the reason. Yeah. It's the whole reason that I'm on this path to begin with. Um, almost nine years ago now, I, I went there to learn about the music industry and be a part of that world. And, you know, I loved what I found, but it also pushed me towards a more spiritual path and got me into the coaching world and things like that. And you know, here we are now. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, I love Nashville. I still, still call it home. Um, and, uh, my, all my family's still there. So it's a great city. Oh, that's awesome. So Tisha, I have no idea about feng shui. I mean, I've heard Marie Diamond talk about it and stuff like that. And I've barely been able to get it together well enough to <laughs> coordinate th the color shirt I'm wearing with the necklace that's around my neck. <laughs> everything else is kind of screwy. So I took your very awesome 
quiz on your website and it told me that I have 29% metal, 26% water, 24% wood, 13% earth, and 8% fire. That last okay. thing confused me because I've got a very fiery attitude. <laughs> I would have guessed 100% fire. Well, that would make it your hidden strength. So whatever element you score lowest in is what I call your your missing element. And that's where your, 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 your potential, your untapped potential lies. Um, so yeah, uh, so... So this quiz is, like you said, it's on my website. It is um, kind of the basis of this new book, but not that I, not that I wanted to make a book around a personality quiz by any means, um, because there's so many personality quizzes out there or personality systems, and we don't need another system to put us in a box or category. And so what this, what this, what this quiz does, um, potentially arguably the oldest ever invented because it's based in Taoism, which is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, um, which is based, which is the basis of Chinese medicine, which brings us acupuncture, Qigong and feng shui. And it's these modalities that use the five element system or five element cycle, however you want to think of it, um, as a way of, um, for lack of a better word, categorizing how energy expresses itself. And so everything on our planet is considered to be made up of these five elements, um, literally or symbolically. And the human, so humans are also made up of these five elements. We're our own little micro universe. And uh, the only difference between me and you is kind of the, um, it's like the same ingredients, just a different amount of them. <laughs> um, that being said, we all have all five elements. It's our heart, it's our lungs, it's our kidneys. It's, you know, um, but also in how we show, how it shows up in our personalities. So you told me everything I need to know, know about you, <laughs> energetically speaking, by telling me your five, your uh, breakdown. Um, and so um, metal is number one and, and water is number two. Those are the two yin, um, elements. Um, so there's, I'm sure you've heard of yin and yang energy. Yang is that active, uh, kind of outgoing people have a lot of, um, yang energy. And then the yin is the more quiet, the more passive, the more creative, um, a little bit more introverted as far as it shows up in personalities. And so, um, you know, just actually just looking at your background and for those who are just listening, maybe you can't see your background, but there's, um, aquariums behind you. It's very dark. These are all hallmarks of a very watery, literal, you're using water, very literal, um, but very literal and, um, and symbolic, um, of water. So it's not surprising that you, and even, and you mentioned like, you were just joking, but, um, dressing yourself, but you've also dressed yourself in, um, water element colors. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so water and metal. So those yin, so you're very, very deeply creative. You're a philosopher. Um, you've probably spent a lot of time in meditation and more inward activities. Yeah. And so, um, it's interesting that fire would be the lowest. And, and so that, that is, it's that, that missing element that's the focus of the book and how you can kind of um, start to integrate it more into your, to when you need it. And, you know, it's not like necessar necessarily in your everyday, but when you do need that, in your case, that burst of fire and it's, it's enthusiasm, it's, it's the energy that takes you through the, um, through the thick of a project. So if you're writing a book, it'd be, you know, getting that 
80,000 word manuscript, you know, on paper, that would be the fire element phase. Um, and so that would be, if I were your five element prescriptor, um, I would prescribe you a little fire. Um, and again, it, it, it's, it's only when you need those, when you, when you need to put a little more action and, um, and that fire into, um, into projects, into collaborations, whatever the case is. That's very interesting because I've never had a problem creating anything or just getting my hands dirty, so to speak. I've always just kind of actually seen myself as the water element where it's like, you know, sometimes the water is placid and you can take a risk. And then other times it's going to be beaten up against the rocks and you, you can't stop it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have a, um, a nice, that tells me you have a nice internal balance of the water and the fire. Um, a lot of people who have water or fires are dominant. They'll have the opposite is a natural balancing out. Um, so for someone who is predominantly fire, um, it's good for them to dip their toe in the water every now and then to cool them off. Um, it's a nice balancing, but we can also do this through collaborations as well. Um, so, and this is really the, uh, you know, a fancy way of, of saying opposites attract. <laughs> um, and just so there is a whole a chapter in my book about how the different primary elements, um, work together. So wood, a wood element and water element together and a fire and, a, you know, so forth, I break it down to all those collaborations and kind of get an idea of, of how, how two different elements are going to, are going to react. <laughs> right. So having said that, what about people who are predominantly wood? What does that mean for them? Yeah. So I'll quickly go through the, all five of them and kind of how they show up in our personalities. Um, so we'll start with the water, the water. Um, and as I go through these, uh, it's also the creative process. So the five elements is a cycle and it is, you can think of it as almost a template for the creative process. And by creative process, I mean, creating things like starting a podcast, writing a book, filming a movie, whatever the case is. And so, um, everything starts in the water phase. So that's where the idea drops down. Um, and so the water phase is like the closest to spirit. And usually, you know, I'm sure this happens to you. You get this idea just comes out of nowhere. Right. Um, and that's the water phase. And so for my water people, such as yourself, they are the philosophers. They are the, the meditators, the dreamer, uh, the, like the their dream life, their, you know, dream night dreams, um, are important to them. Um, music, um, symbols and signs and stuff like that. Um, they're very attuned to that. And then you start to move into the wood phase and the wood phase is when you actually start to a physical manifestation of something. So maybe you get an idea for a podcast and then you start, you know, writing down titles or, um, thinking about content, you know, you start to make a plan, a business plan, um, in case, in the case of a book, maybe an outline or a book proposal, these would be the beginnings. It's where that the, the yang energy begins to, you know, starts the process. And so for my wood people, um, they like to start projects. They're, they're a quick starter. Um, and for a lot of people who have primary wood, they have like a lot of projects they started and then it kind of just kind of stops. <laughs> um, my, my, uh, hard drive has like all these books that I've started. Um, and, uh, and I've obviously f completed books, but I love to start a book. <laughs> um, so there, there also a wood element would be a leader, 
um, the seeker, they're, you know, a pioneer, like this kind of the archetype for wood, for the wood people. Um, and then as you move into this, the fire phase, um, they, this is the most yang energy and fire people. This is like, I was saying, this is like the, the, the high point of a project when you put the most energy and effort into something. And so the fire people, um, they're people, they're people, people, they, they're, they love being around people. They're salesmen. They like to collaborate. Um, they're extroverted. Um, and they like to be active. They don't love being behind a desk, um, or, you know, too, too much in front of a computer. And then we move into, um, once that project kind of hits its peak and it needs to kind of like take a pause and maybe start to, um, think about the market, the monetization, um, kind of reviewing and, 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 and kind of letting it, letting it marinate a little bit. And that's the earth phase. And so the earth, earth people, um, they are all about harmony. They want to find that, that balance point within groups. They're great, um, peacemakers. They'll bring the donuts to the, you know, to the, to the meeting and keep everybody happy. Um, they're very grounded, kind of the mother archetype. And then as you move past that phase, you go into the metal element phase and that's where the energy starts to dissipate. We start to move into the yin energy and the metal element people are the, the precision focus they are the best editors, most, um, wonderful architects and designers are metal elements. Cause they, they know quality. And so you can think of in your, if you've written a big manuscript, you have to go edit it. And so you take things out that they were no longer needed. And that's what our metal element, um, folks are so great at, um, is that precision and aesthetics, um, the, the best quality in anything they do. Um, and so that kind of rounds it up, um, is a good, is a good summation. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense to me. And I'm just laughing as you're talking because uh, my, um, my mellow element is 29% or something like that. So it, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's so very timely. Like, you know, metal element people are great to work with. You can count on them. They're going to, they're, they're, they, they cut to the chase in what their, what their, their communication, uh, they don't waste time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's crazy. So for, <laughs> let's break it down for people who don't understand anything about feng shui. How does this relate to everything else in your life? Like keeping your home clean. Cause I know you did write that book decluttering and things like that. Mm -hmm. How does that bleed over into Yeah. Great question. So, um, so feng shui comes out of Taoism as well. And so feng shui uses these, these five elements as one of its, one of its tools. There's a lot more to feng shui than the five elements, but it's a big part of it. And so I actually wrote a book called decorating with the five elements of feng shui. And so how you use these elements in your interiors to help balance out your energy. So, um, if you're wanting more fire, um, to help kind of balance out, then, um, there's ways you can bring the fire element and it can be literally like candles and a fireplace, but it can be, there's all these elements show up symbolically as well. Color being a big, a big part of that. So the color red for fire and, and so forth. But so that's one component of feng shui, but I'll back up and just kind of give the basics of why feng shui is important at all. Um, the Eastern sciences 
such as Chinese medicine, um, the Ayurvedic medicine, which comes out of India, all of these Eastern sciences have a home or a space, I mean, it doesn't have to be home, but a space component. So they, they have sciences or modalities for the mind, body, and home. So in Chinese medicine, it's feng shui and Ayurvedic medicine, it's Vastu Shastra. And so they, they've understood for thousands of years, the importance of our space and how it affects our energy. And so our home is just a second skin to our energy body. And so I'm sure you under, you work with energy yourself and, um, in different, in different ways. And I'm sure you're familiar with the, the aura field that we have around our body and how, um, and so our, our energy field, our, everything in our home has an energy field. And so there's a very intricate relationship with our energy in our home. Um, and so there's also earthly energies as well. Um, how energy flows, um, from, from nature, from the land, the land that we sit on, or, you know, that we're, that our house or space is um, built on has energy, electromagnetic energy coming up. So there's this whole world of energy going on in, in the unseen world that we're not even aware of. And as feng shui practitioners, we've learned to tune into those energies and see how they affect us and affect our, our personal energy and how to, how to arrange things to, to a more, to, um, optimum prosperity, um, health and, and abundance. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's so there's, first of all, there's so many questions I want to ask you, <laughs> but I kind of want people to read the book. So, um, I got to ask this one though. If a person is lacking a particular element, what are some things that they can do immediately to increase their ability to tap into that missing element? Yeah. So your space being, being a pretty easy way and pretty quick way to do that. So I like to think, I think I like to work with, um, um, you know, where the, the space that you're in the most, in my case, it's my office. This is the space that I have the most control over and that, you know, that I call mine. Not everyone, if you share a place with people, do you have that, um, ability, but any space that you, that you have a close, close, um, close relationship or, or a physical proximity to and bringing in that element into that space. So, um, you know, we, like I was just saying with our energy fields, we take on energy, we give off energy. And so, um, if we're using fire as our example of, um, of energy to bring in, so we would, again, a candle would be an easy, quick way. And so I, I often like fire energy. Um, that's one of my lower ones as well. And so I will, if I'm working on a big project and like, um, where I'm kind of having to, you know, push through some, some of my, uh, where it's easy to, for me to do something else or distract, then I will light a candle. I'll have it right there on my desk and have that fire, fire element going. Um, and then, um, actually, um, animal, animal prints or animal. So I have this horse behind me. He's my big fire element. Um, that's always there. And, um, there's certain textiles and things like that imagery, um, pictures of, um, fire related, um, imagery, which again, can be animals. Also the, um, triangular shaped 
Um, so maybe a crystal that has a triangle shape. So having these items around you, also your wardrobe. So there's something to be said about the power red tie. You know, it's a, it's, it's kind of a cliche of wearing a power, a red tie to an interview. Well, that red is, um, is the fire element. So it's like gives you that sense of power and energy. And so when we, we can dress consciously, um, or unconsciously, um, usually what we put on is what the mood we're in. Um, but if there's days where you need a little boost, like I notice I am drawn to wearing black on Mondays. Well, black is the water, the water color. And that's the introverted, don't really want to talk to people <laughs> day. Um, and, uh, and so you'll notice, you'll notice you're unconsciously drawn to certain, certain, depending on your mood. But if you think, start thinking consciously, then you might use it to your advantage. That makes sense. I wanted to bust out laughing when you said the black clothes, cause I mostly wear black clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So what about people who say I'm not creative? Are they just lacking a particular element? Can they change that? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um, you know, when, when we make these blanket stories about ourselves, of, I'm not a good speaker, I'm, I'm not creative, or for me, it's like, um, uh, I never can find good parking places. <laughs> um, it's, um, it, it really is, um, the missing element and what I call it. It's almost like a shadow. And so the less that we practice something, the more dormant, uh, something becomes, and for our primary element, we put a lot of, because we're naturally innately good at something, let's say, um, you're good at playing basketball and then maybe you go on to play, you know, college or professional bas basketball. And perhaps your focus is, um, you, maybe you're, you're really good at three point shots. Well, what do you do? You, you shoot three point shots like a million times a week and you get better and better and better and better and better. Right. Well, meanwhile, our not so strong areas, we just kind of ignore them and continue to push them aside and aside and aside. So in your example of someone saying I'm not creative, well, they've probably, they're innately probably very analytical minded. They're probably very academically smart and they've gotten a lot of positive reinforcement from that and have put all of a lot, a lot of intention, attention on, um, on those skill sets of that, that would be more, um, left-brained and more analytical. And so they've completely ignored their creative side, which in, in, um, Taoism would be the yin, the yin energy, yang versus yin. And so it's just wherever you put your attention, energy, uh, uh, what's the phrase where attention goes, energy flows. And you could say the opposite where there, where there's no attention, there's no energy. So it's really just a matter of where you put your, your attention. And, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, where there's no attention, there's no energy. That made me laugh. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I, know, I didn't quite have that, the zing that the other way it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a self-sabotage coach, I've got to ask this question. Is it possible for people to sabotage themselves by having certain elements out of balance? Well, oh, that's a, ooh, that's a very, that's a very water element question. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the goal isn't to be like, ma you know, max out all five elements where, you know, some people do kind of the jack of all trades and they're kind of have a, 
a pretty good balance of all five elements. That's not necessarily the goal unless that's who you are constitutionally speaking. Um, and so whatever your, I call it your constitution of how you kind of break down the five elements, but there's sometimes when we, um, life throws us, you know, something and, and suddenly we're, you know, we're kind of having to, like, like now I'm in book promotion. So I'm having to turn on more of the fire than I usually do. So I'm in more fire mode than I, than my base, my normal constitution. So I'll have to, um, make sure I kind of stay balanced by doing some more introversion things in my off time. Um, so no, I don't think there's a self-sabotage, um, um, by being out of balance. It's more of, um, maybe, a self-care self-care can definitely start to kick in and, um, of, you know, particularly for, for fire people who fire people, like just go, 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 go. And then they, they have a, sometimes a hard time of knowing when to stop and rest until like they get sick and suddenly they're, they're out for the count kind of thing. Um, and so that's too much fire for their own, for their own self. And so the, um, they'll be put, they'll be, they'll be put into water phase involuntarily in bed. Um, so there's, there's those, those parts of being out of balance. Um, so, you know, I love the self-sabotage. Um, no one, no one loves to call themselves a self-sabotager more than myself. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I think it's, you know, when we, when we fear, so the, a big, um, inspiration behind this book was this, the, uh, Joseph Campbell quote, um, the cave you fear to enter holds your greatest treasure. And so a lot of times, well, specifically where you stumble, there lies your treasure. The very cave you are afraid to enter turns out to be the source of what you're looking for. And a lot of times that fear of going into something that, that we're not good at, or we're, we're, we have a story about I'm not creative or whatever the case is. It's all based in fear of going into the unknown. Um, and so I guess you could make an argument that could start to borderline (laughs) self-sabotage. You know, I've seen a lot of people who self-sabotage and have poor mental health and things like that. And their environment is terrible. It's completely out of whack energetically. I mean, how does, poor feng shui affect you in terms of giving the symptoms of anxiety and depression and those kinds of things? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's a lot of scientific studies out now about how our space, um, particularly cluttered space leads to a cluttered mind. Um, you know, what our visual, there's what I call visual clutter stuff that you can see. Um, and then there's, um, kind of the hidden clutter and that, that really represents the subconscious mind. So we have visual clutter, which affects our mental, like day-to-day mental, um, proficiency. And then we have the stuff stuffed in the closets, stuff that we don't um, want to see, look at, deal with. And that's just stuff we're stepping into our subconscious. And as we all know, our subconscious never forgets. It always knows everything. Um, and so that is its own. So there's, yeah, there's those, there's conscious clutter and subconscious clutter. Both, um, can be very detrimental, um, to our, to our mental health and also physical health. Um, and, uh, 
so, you know, decluttering. And so here's, here's where decluttering, you know, clutter wasn't a, wasn't a thing back when feng shui was first practiced thousands of years ago, definitely more of a modern, a modern era thing. Um, but clutter is just, um, stagnant energy. Okay. It's just, it's stagnant energy that's blocking, um, beneficial energy from flowing. And it really is what I call the first step of feng shui in our modern world. You have to remove the blocks in order to have energy flow. And this is what I'm sure you help people with in your coaching practice. You move these sabotage type blocks uh, or negative beliefs or whatever the case is, these blocks out so that energy can flow. And that's really what our space is a projection of um, what I would call clutter, which it's, that's a, a word that can mean a lot of things, but I define it as anything that's no longer useful or, um, or useful in a, in any kind of way and just, um, stagnating energy. That makes sense. Uh, especially the stuff about the subconscious. I mean, I deal with the subconscious all the time. So what that means for me is that if you look in any of my drawers, all my clothes are folded immaculately. <laughs> <laughs> that's the metal element. <laughs> organized by color so uh, yeah it, it makes sense um i wanted to ask you one more question do you have a favorite chapter in the book something that you really feel represents the best aspects of what you're trying to convey to people oh that's a thank you for that question um you know i kind of think the introduction and the and the conclusion. And, um, because really this book is book ended, um, by the concepts of Taoism. And the reason why I wanted to write this book, um, in the times and now the times we live in is because these, this ancient wisdom is, I think, important for us to, to reconnect with, because it, it speaks to the living in harmony with, with plants, animals, people, the planet, um, microorganisms, um, and this, this inner, this interrelated energy we have with all and all is one kind of this all, uh, messaging. And so, um, it's a, it's a pretty, um, philosophical concept that I feel like kind of is a Trojan horse, or I want it to be a Trojan horse for this book, because if nothing else, just reminding ourselves of how, um, how a part of everything we are, and so that applies to ourself, our own energy systems, um, that between you and me and collaboration, that and working with a team. And then whether we're on Zoom meetings half across the, the world um, and just remembering that interconnection of all things. I love that. That's amazing. Where can we find you? Um, my website is tishamorris.com. And from there you can, you can take the quiz as you did and find the results out immediately. Um, you can uh, also link that from there to buy the book. Um, I have a bunch of courses. I have a writing course for any writers out there that follows the five elements, um, using that as a template for, um, from, to complete your book. Um, also have some feng shui courses as well. Um, I still, I still teach feng shui and you can get certified in feng shui. And, um, so Tisha Morris.com. That's fantastic. Tisha, thanks for being on the boundless authenticity podcast. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.